Hello, and welcome again to Forefront 360, where we take you all around the topics of the arts and the Christian faith. I'm Rich Christman, one of the leaders of Forefront, and I have the whole Forefront leadership team here with me. Nate. Hey, how's it going? Cody. Yo, yo, yo. And Zach. Hey, how's it going? We've come together today to discuss Nate's new article published on June 17th. No, all art is not political. Oof, politics. No, this is a fantastic read. And if you haven't read the entry yet, stop now. Head over to ForefrontFestival.com slash blog or check it out on this very podcast feed because who reads anymore? Just kidding. So, Nate, do you want to open up and tell us a little bit about your entry? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Rich. Um, I, I think this is a, a, a tricky entry because I'm wading into some fields that are fraught with conflict and anger and controversy and um, really... Uh, a wretched hive of scum and villainy. And that is the field of politics. And I mean, I think p- people generally say you don't want to talk about politics. You don't want to talk about religion. Um, I'm talking about both here. So, so they negate each other. Yeah. So this is not this is fine. <laughs> it's yeah, maybe um, good Thanksgiving good, conversation. good and bad going on here, but yeah, it's not, it's not a, a prudent thing to do on the internet. But I, I held my tongue for long enough and then decided to write about this after, after thinking about it for some time. So the, the entry, of course, is titled, No, All Art is Not Political. So I give my thesis away right off the bat. But, um, you know, they say to tell them what you're going to tell them and then tell them and then tell them what you told them. So I start off with, with my main point. And this is the main idea. A lot of times uh, an artist who's in the mainstream of their field will come out and say some kind of political statement. Usually it's something about how the current administration is failing. And then uh, the naysayers will, will protest and they'll basically say, you know, you got to stick to your art, man. Like, like artists should just be creating art. They shouldn't be talking about politics, you know, stick to art. And the artists are like, well, we didn't even have a choice in the matter because all art is political. And I feel like there's kind of this, this moment of silence and everyone's like, um, shoot, really? And I, I heard this sentiment expressed several times in the past couple of years in our, our fraught political climate. And so I just want to take that idea on and, and, and really look at it and examine it and say, is that true? You know, is, is all art at its core fundamentally political in some way? Do we, do we really have to grapple with that in all forms of art? Um, and just acknowledge that that, that that is a part of any type of art. And um, I think that that's not the case. And that's what I lay out in the entry. Yeah, real quick, before we start discussing this, Nate, I just got to say, man, I um, was amazed by this, uh, this argument you crafted. I'm not just saying that because you're a good friend of mine. But uh, like, this is just objectively nuanced and hopeful and... Um, just so well thought out and clearly articulated. So um, if you, if you guys have not experienced this really, really go check it out. Um, Cause uh, yeah, th- this whole conversation will be totally enriched if you, if you check that out first. So well done, Nate, this was really special. Thanks man. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. I mean Thanks. it. Yeah. All right. Some of us have prepared some questions we want to ask. Um, Zach, let's start with you. Do you have a question you'd like to put forth to Nate? Absolutely. Um, so, Nate, when I was reading your post, which I will, I will second Cody, it's just absolutely fantastic. And I, for one, found it just incredibly refreshing. Um, Thanks. What, what, I, what I wondered myself when I was reading it is, so I think 
many people would at least agree on that art and politics are in themselves separate entities. Mm-hmm. However, you cannot study history, at least the history of art, and see that art and politics do not intertwine during certain points of history. That said, when we come into a conversation where art is politics, or art is at least political, um, why do you feel, why do you think we feel the need to meld these two separate entities together? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. And of course, a lot of people have melded them, and often for good reason. And obviously, there are a ton of examples in history and today of art being fundamentally political. So, I mean, just to reiterate, I would never say that some art is not political. Absolutely, it is. Um, I would just say that all art is not necessarily political. And to your question, I think the reason people put art and politics together is is multifaceted. Um, one, one reason, kind of simplistically, is that it's a good way to convince people of political points because art is very powerful. I mean, you could completely disagree with a certain point of view, but then you watch a documentary on it and it just changes your mind. I mean, it, it is amazing the ways that certain types of art can just can just force you to think about things in a different way. And so if you're trying to, you know, get a political point across, hey, I mean, art's a great way to do it. So I think that's one reason is it's just a really powerful vehicle. And people want to use a powerful vehicle to to get their message across. And I, I don't fault them for that. I think that makes perfect sense why they'd want to do that. But I think another reason is that people really see politics as being at the core of our lives. They see it being very foundational to um, everything that we do. And I think that when that's the case and when they have uh, a great respect for art, they kind of assume that naturally these things must go together when they're at their best. So in other words, if, if you're a huge fan of the arts, you think art's amazing and art's important, and you think that politics is one of the most fundamental things in our lives, and it's one of the most important things we should be talking about, then it just seems natural to you that art and politics should be intertwined. Like, what else would art talk about if not the most important thing, which is politics? And so I, I think that when people care about both politics and art deeply, a lot of times they do intertwine those things. Mm. Mm. Absolutely, yeah. Huh. Do you... Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw a, a different one at you. Do you think that um do you think this becomes an issue when we don't have a solid like fundamental understanding of what the purpose of politics is versus what the purpose of arts are that makes sense absolutely yeah i mean i i think that a lot of how we go about life how we do it wisely is putting things in their proper place Mm -hmm. and in their proper priority and using things rightly. And, you know, God has given us so many amazing gifts and talents and tools to use, and we have to use them rightly. And so I I absolutely would agree with that. I think art is one of the things that God has given us the ability to create. We have a God-given 
um, gifting to be able to create. And I think we ought to do it well. And I also think that politics is something that God allows. And it's something that, you know, we use to create order in society. And the, and the Bible speaks to that. The Bible speaks to how we're supposed to be subject to governing authorities. And so, um, you know, the, the Bible is not free of, of speaking about politics. We, you know, we can learn about how we're supposed to relate to that as well. And so, yeah, I think that if we, if we have the, the proper framework and understanding of what, of what politics is for and what art is for, I think we're definitely going to do both of them better. And, and I would argue, too, that I think they will probably um, intertwine a little less often because I think politics is going to uh, b- become further from the forefront of our minds than mm-hmm. it may often be in this day and age. Uh, yeah. Uh, All right. I have a question for you, Nate. Ready to switch gears a little bit? All right. Okay. Going away from politics? <laughs> We're still there. We're still there. Still on politics. Yes. Okay. So politics and religion. So oh, get ready. Your Thanksgiving oh. table uncle. Conversions. Okay. All right. All right so many of us have probably heard it said, especially if we come from like a more evangelical background, that everything that we do as Christians should be for the perpetuation of God's glory um, and kingdom of Christ. Do you think that art that is not for the purpose of sending a message, particularly a gospel message, might be in a biblical sense a waste of time? So basically what I'm asking is, if we are creating art as Christians that does not sort of explicitly reference God, glorify God, spread the gospel in some way, is that like a waste of our limited time as Christians? What do you think? Yeah, so you're saying that when people create art that is fundamentally political, a lot of times that's for sending a message. And in the same way, Christians might feel that art that sends a message is kind of a necessary thing and normal. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and even like, you know, you, you might, I feel like Christians would say, especially if you don't get the vision of forefront, what we're about, you would say, oh, if you're not talking about God and your art explicitly, and if you're not carrying a gospel message that's really explicit and clear, then you're wasting your time. Is this justified? Right. Right. No, it's a great question. And I would say that if you believe that, then you would say that God was wasting his time when he created the world. Whoa. Ooh. Unpack that. Whoa. That's all I got. That's all the time we offered today. Yeah. I mean, I mean, look, God could have just put us in a void space that had no uh, physical beauty whatsoever. And he could have just handed us his book and we could have just like read it digitally. And we could have just kind of downloaded the information that we needed and read about the gospel through our minds. But he didn't do that, right? He created this beautiful world and he created these, these, this garden, this garden of Eden that had fruit that was pleasing to the eye and good for food. And so he's this God that creates these incredible, specific, physical <laughs> things um, this world that that is is hard and real and physical and beautiful. He created galaxies of beauty, and so I mean, if we think that the only thing worth doing is just sending a message so that people can you know get the gospel and go to heaven, then we really don't understand God at all because clearly God has something more in mind than sending a message. 
he has something actually even better in mind, which is making us like him in every way possible, including the ability to create things that are beautiful that don't send messages. Mm-hmm. Hey, can, I, can I add on to that, actually? Yeah, um, absolutely. So I uh, was just fortunate enough to spend a week on an island in Lake Superior off of the coast of Wisconsin playing uh, woodwind chamber music for a week. Um, but one of the one of the overwhelming feelings and experiences that I had there was when I had time to just walk around this island and walk on the coast of Lake Superior, it became very evident to me that like all of all these birds, this this water, these these shores, these trees, all of this was was made intentionally so that in this moment I could be in it. Mm. And I didn't need to do anything other than just be. Um, and when, when art exists as an entity that cannot be extracted from the political, um, then art, doesn't be, art ceases to be a place where we can just be, where we can experience relief, where we can experience rest. Because if it can't just be, then it has to do something. Um, mm-hmm. it's functional yeah yeah exactly like if if someone were to you know I, I think you'd be hard pressed to find someone who could walk up to like one of Van Gogh's sunflowers and say well this is nice but what does it do um, when you walk to Van Gogh's sunflowers you are just you're just in awe of it um, you're in awe of its brightness of its colors of its depth um so it's it's almost like it's it's almost as if like it's imperative that art is able to be to re- remain a place where humans can just come and just be and nothing more. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. I will say though, just for the sake of conversation, that as someone in the individual art world, I very and I think other arts get encounter this too, but I think visual art the most frequently um i often get posed with the that's nice but what does it do Mm. and i think that especially when things are particularly abstract that comes out a lot i i've I've even like my sorry if you guys are listening but my own parents will often be like oh that's nice but uh why Mm -hmm. you know and i think that i think that there are a lot of people out there that believe that like why would you do art if it's not supposed to maybe not send a message but at least tell a story mm-hmm. and i think that like especially um and i don't know if this is just coincidental but especially with older people a lot of times they when they interact with my art or other people that i know personally art like in a gallery they will you know i'll see them standing in front of the piece and i'll be like hmm so what is this saying? What is this supposed to say? Mm-hmm. And I know that like for since like, you know, like the twenties, uh, painters have been grappling with that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's nothing new, but I think like you'd think that by 2018 people would realize that like, maybe it's not supposed to say anything or maybe what it's saying is subjective, you know, mm-hmm. or whatever. So I think that, um, 
just you know to like add that into the mix that i think that there still is a very commonly held belief that like art is a communicative tool yeah you know i think that's really interesting mm-hmm. actually yeah. a funny story uh, my roommate works for a homeless shelter and he's in charge of like the front office and they play positive encouraging k-love all the time uh, in the office and the uh, my roommate asked if he could change the music and the owner of the shelter said yeah as long as it's something that delivers a clear positive message is what he said and my friend put on a piano sonata and the guy busted into the office apparently <laughs> what is this like, beauty yeah and he was like and he was like what is this music and then my gets all like, Shawshank Redemption on yeah, yeah, and my friend was like oh it's uh, you know whatever it was and um I think it was actually Joe Hisashi if you don't know him look him up he's amazing anyway um and then he was like he was like this isn't positive and my friend was like yes it is it's like a very joyous like piece of art and then and the guy he knows one of the most beautiful things in the world <laughs> right and then, and then this guy was like no 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 no. this is not a clear positive message the the, the people aren't going to get anything from this and he like made him turn it off and apparently uh you know nothing nothing to knock like this particular artist but apparently he like turned it off and then switched to uh contemporary michael tate newsboys you know, this is a big, big difference there in the artistic. Well, yeah, it's just a microcosm yeah. of what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you know, this is happening. This is out there, and those yeah. of you that are like deeply entrenched in like the art world, like yes, there are still people out there that are like confused by the purpose of beautiful art. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a great point. Like these are real questions that people have. I mean, people are out there asking, "What does this art do?" Mm-hmm. And people are out there asking. Is all art political? Yeah, oh, it is, isn't it? Yeah, and, and like this is a very, these are very real questions that people have, and this this is not hypothetical. We're not making this stuff up. You know, these mm-hmm. are real conversations. Yeah, there's also a ton of people out there that believe that all art is kind of a waste of time in the sense of like like you're saying like what does this do? I've also encountered a lot of people that are like Christian people that are like why would you spend time doing like art, even if it is like explicitly communicative, like of the gospel mm-hmm. when you could just be, and then depending on the person, they'll just insert whatever thing there, you yeah. know, like you could be like building a shelter you know, planting a church, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then I just think it's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Again, why didn't God get right to the point and start preaching the gospel right off the bat instead of spending all this time making beautiful things? Also, uh, why did Christ, you know, make beautiful things out of wood for 30 years before yeah he was wasting his time i think it's because what a waste of time christ come on (laughs) yeah all right (laughs) getting us back on track yeah yeah. cody's here cody schweikert classic schweik all right i got a question for you nathaniel (laughs) nathaniel hawthorne (laughs) um that's not not your name nathan nathan is your name though right Mm -hmm. i'm sorry if i've offended you sorry if i've been short here we go. Um, man, again, so I love this. I uh, love your argument. Uh, this quote especially stuck out to me. You say that uh, the chief function of art is to awaken our awareness of and desire for that which is transcendent. Okay, so I got to read that one more time. Just to, I mean, 
the 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 profound uh, wisdom packed into each word there. Yeah. So let me read that again for us. The chief function of art, right above, just like sending a specific political message, is to awaken our awareness of and desire for that which is transcendent. Um, and reading that reminded me of a little clip from the Westminster Catechism, right? Where uh, we see that man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Um, and, and some pastors, uh, John Piper, my, my dude, uh, if you, I'm sure you're listening, Johnny Pipes, um, thanks for preaching the, the G so faithfully. Thanks, uh, that's right. Um, sorry for not texting you back, by the way. I will... I'll return that Tupperware ASAP. Um, anyway, that's private. Uh, I, I love the way he even amends this. He says, man's chief end is to glorify God by enjoying him forever. And so I was thinking about those two things and like even the purpose of the gospel. We think about why did Jesus come to die uh, on the cross? And we say naturally, you know, to save sinners, you know, to give us grace. And, and that's all true. But why did he do that? And if we keep asking those questions, eventually all we can say is to glorify himself, to bring glory to God. It's all about God's glory. You know, why am I suffering? Why is this happening? Why is that? And it's not always a satisfying answer to hear, but that is the purpose for everything, you know, that has ever happened, will ever happen is to glorify God. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and we're created to enjoy that, right? So um, I love how, how you take that principle and, um, you, you know, kind of frame your argument about art in that way. And so um, would you just talk about, and I don't want to sound arrogant here, like Christians are better than, you know, that's just obviously it's more nuanced than that. But are Christians with the worldview that um, really everything is about enjoying God, all of life, all of eternity is about that, are Christians more capable or more uh, enabled to, receive art as merely just a pleasure to enjoy art for art's sake, you know, because the secular worldview, I don't know if it allows for that, that emphasis, you know, for a cosmic accident and pleasure and emotion is just a, a byproduct of chemicals going off in your brain. And so, so talk about that, um, the, the significance of a Christian worldview and how that plays into seeing art as transcendent, not merely a political message. Mm. Yeah, it's a great question, man. There's so much there to unpack. Mm-hmm. I do think, first off, that having a right understanding of the world and the nature of reality should ultimately lead us to make better art. Mm-hmm. And I think that it would be a profound tragedy if Christians who claim to have the truth, who claim to know who God is and what the really real is and to know actually even a little bit about the future mm-hmm. and about what God's revealed to us about his plan. If, if we were the ones who made mediocre art, what, what a tragedy that would be, mm-hmm. right? Because if we know the truth about reality, then that should be foundational to helping us to create the best art. And so, so to your point, I, I think to answer your question, yes, that should be the case. I think if we really understand what God is doing in the world, if we really understand what he's created us for, 
then we should be able to make better art. And I think when we don't, it's because we're thinking wrongly mm-hmm. about God and what he's created us for. Mm-hmm. It's because we're, we're, we're not, we don't, we, we don't have good theology. We don't have mm-hmm. a good theology of art. So it's not that, you know, if Christians are creating bad art, well, Christians must be wrong. No, it's like you might know the truth, but you're, you, you don't understand the implications of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I think that's true. I think that if you believe that God is real and that God loves you and that there is a world beyond this one, that this table in front of you is not the most real thing, that there's actually something greater and better out there for you than just this particular reality, then you should be able to make better art because because art has the power to lift your eyes beyond the here and now to Mm -hmm. that which is transcendent, to that which is beyond. And if you're someone who doesn't believe in transcendent reality, if you're someone who really believes this is all there is. This is all there is. There's nothing beyond this. I mean, you talked about C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis spent a lot of his life fighting naturalism. Well, naturalism is back. It's back under a different name. Yeah. But it's it's still here. Yeah. And it's this idea that nature is all there is. There's nothing else out there. And if that's what you believe, and if art is, like I say, really about lifting our eyes heavenward to the transcendent, then no, like you're not going to be able to make the best art because you don't understand reality. Yeah. So to me, it's, it's a fundamental disconnect. Mm-hmm. And so I, I hope that as Christians, we're able to connect those things. We're able to make yeah. beautiful art that does lift our eyes upward. It does it in the right way. Well, well, in the materialist worldview, and I'm not trying to bash, I mean, by grace, I, we know the truth, right? Yeah. And I'm not trying to bash these individuals, but the worldview is incoherent in that not only does art not matter, but nothing matters. Yeah. Right. It's all going to burn up and turn to stardust someday. If that's, if that's what you believe, then you, you don't actually have a philosophical justification for doing or being or anything. So, yeah, um, it, yeah I mean, that can be frustrating. So it yeah. makes sense. No, I think it's a lot like um, somebody who doesn't believe in magic, uh, meeting a wizard and learning a magic spell and just like going out and saying the spells and they work. But they don't believe in magic. Mm-hmm. And, and right. that's like what it is when someone creates art, but they don't believe in transcendent reality. Mm-hmm. They've got this incredible tool in their hands that's working, right? They're creating this incredibly beautiful thing that is, that is, that is helping people to learn about love and joy and, and beauty and, and things that just are so beyond the here and now. This incredible thing called art. But they don't believe in those things. Mm-hmm. They don't, they don't believe that, that transcendent reality even exists, but it's happening based on what they're creating. Yeah. So, you know, I hope that as Christians, we, we, can, we can create better art. And that, that's what, at Forefront, I want us to, to help, help people to see that and, and to see what an incredible thing we have mm. in the ability to create art. What incredible power God's put in our hands. What incredible creative power to help people to see something beyond the here and now. Mm-hmm. It's not hard to get people to see what's in front of their face, but it's really hard to get people to see something that is being obscured, mm-hmm. something that's real, but something that they can't quite see clearly. Mm-hmm. That's hard. And with art, we can do it. Right on. There's something the whole time that I was reading through 
the first time I, I read through your entry, Nate, I kept thinking, so I'm a student of art history. I'm just um, no, I, I have taken art history. And then one thing I remember is uh, uh, we, we talked a lot. I took a class in that one time. <laughs> I did take a class that one time. So resident expert. Lifelong um, learner. Yeah, yeah. So the idea, like in in the 19th century, mm-hmm. there was like the revolutionary idea, at least in the West, of art for art's sake. Or at the time, it was like art pour l'art, like the, in French. And like that was like tied with bohemianism which like in a lot of ways and like as strange as this sounds like i think the history books will will say this i think that like bohemianism is kind of uh reborn right now as like hipsterism Mm -hmm. and i think that they're very much the same but bohemianism is from like the late 19th century and early 20th century Mm. um so i think that the um the like it was like a return to craft and things that were not processed and things that were created simply because they were beautiful mm-hmm. for no, but for no other reason. And that's from the, mm-hmm. the philosophy was like penned by this French artist and politician, Theophile Gartier. So basically I, I just wanted to sort of bring up this because I think that a lot of, in a lot of like artistic circles, we have this debate subconsciously and consciously all the time. Like is art that's, art for art's sake like some people think that that art is fundamentally better because it's like being created like for itself like for its own good and that's sort of like self um driving and fueling and then other people are like well you know that's one thing but like which art should be more than that and i think that's really interesting mm-hmm. um and what what i thought of so you know from going through the art for art's sake bohemianism road um, that brought me to thinking about the fact that graphic design as a whole, as a field, was born from the idea of art for art's sake in that same era. I've read a few books on the history of graphic design, and a lot of, and all of them have pointed to the fact that graphic design was like born of the idea that why not make everything that we use like as beautiful as it can be? And make like our living spaces and our advertisements, mm-hmm. you know, aesthetically pleasing. Um, of course, like there's multiple branches of that. I mean, some some designers only use graphic design for the purpose of catching your eye, so that the company makes more money or something of that nature. But um, like the true designers, like if you look at what a lot of people hold as like the archetype of graphic design and like the Swiss, like the Bauhaus and the Swiss design, mm-hmm. like a lot of those designers worked for free because they wanted to use their ability to beautify their own cities. Yeah. And I think that that's really cool. And I think that there's, um, I think that there's a real beauty in the fact that design in itself, whether you're Christian or not, Mm -hmm. the truth remains that the reason why we design things and the reason why we like things that are designed and the reason why we want to design things ourselves is because we are created in the image of Mm -hmm. God. And I think that is an implanted reality in us, whether we know it or not. I think that is the what we can't articulate again without a you know Christian worldview. You cannot articulate or justify you know working for free to beautify a city. Yeah. But I, yeah, I think we're living out that. And honestly, without without a Christian worldview, and I don't want to sound limited here, but I think that without a Christian worldview, it almost ends up being a little sick when you think about it because a lot of times when i've talked to people who are not christians and i'm like well you know the reason why we want to design things is because you know 
we're in the image of the great designer, et cetera, people will say, well, yeah, but human beings just want to make things beautiful because we have this, we receive pleasure from seeing things mm. that are like symmetrical and beautiful. Mm -hmm. And to me, like, yeah, even why if, even, we? well, no, well, okay, of course yeah, that leads us to why, why do we, why do we have that? But even before we get to that question, my like gut response to that is like, if that's so, that's such like a sick and sad reality that we live in where it's like, if there is nothing beyond the material, someone spending their entire life, like beautifying a city and like designing things and making everything beautiful. They're literally, it's, it's, it's like a drug. Like they're just like, Oh, like I receive positive feedback mm -hmm. in my brain when I see these things are symmetrical. So mm. I will move around the world and you know, symmetrize everything. So I feel better about myself. No, it's like so strange when you, mm. when you really boil it down. So I, I think that, I don't know. I'm, I'm very, I'm very thankful that there is, there is a, a real reason and a real drive for mm. us to appreciate beauty in the way that we do. And I think that there's, um, there's been a lot of, like studies as well where um and of course there are outliers here but um so you know leave it in the comments but the um but the the um animals don't respond to things that are more symmetrical than others like animals will often respond to like things that smell good or sound good or things like that but often what they've done many psychological tests where they show animals things that are more symmetrical or less symmetrical and animals don't respond and i think that that's interesting and very very uniquely human mm. yeah we're made we're made in the image of god and you know to your point about art art for art's sake um i think art for art's sake is probably a little bit of a misnomer in that i think art is is never precisely and only for art's sake um, i think that there are always deeper purposes to art and whether or not we realize it we are creating them for purposes other than just being in and of themselves. Um, I think that there are reasons behind our, our creation of art and they're, they're varied. Um, I don't think they have to be about sending messages. And that's, that's part of the point of the post is that there's a lot of art that is, that is, you know, simply beautiful. Um, but I think even art that is simply beautiful, isn't so much art for art's sake, so much as it's art for the sake of beauty. Mm. And I think that beauty is a yeah. deeper thing and it's a thing worth pursuing. Mm. Yeah. So I think that actually calling it art for art's sake kind of devalues something that's actually really, really good. Yeah. Let me run this by you guys. So um, with, with the C.S. Lewis, obviously he's got to make an appearance on every uh, podcast. Yeah, that's, episode. that's right. Jack is back. That's right. So uh, I'm going to paraphrase a quick quote here. He says that art has no survival value. Rather, it is one of those things which give value to survival. And... Um, I, I think that's, uh, you know, related strongly to what we're talking about, because if, again, if this is a cosmic accident and our purpose as a human race is just to survive, just to perpetuate the human species, um, outlast the sun, find another warm place in the universe to chill out until that one burns up, like, if that's the whole purpose, which can't really be justified as reasonable anyway... I mean, then, yeah, art is going to just fall into this realm of, ah, oh, it's just political. It's just a way to manage power and wield power so that we can do what's best for the human species to allocate the resources necessary to the powers that be to keep this little thing we called humanity chugging along. Yeah. And that that is just not only dim and depressing, yeah. but just untrue. 
And um, yeah, any response to that and that, that quote and that idea, Nate? I think it's absolutely true. I mean, I, I think we know that. I mean, I think even, even if we say something like that, that like ultimately arts, you know, we're just trying to, to further the purposes that we think will be best for our country and the world. And so we make art. Yeah, I think we know that's not true deep down. I think we know there's something more to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but we can't think of any higher good that art could be doing. So we just say, well, I guess it must, it must be ultimately about politics. Um, but I think, I think there is a higher good. And I think we're, we know that deep down. Mm. Nate, can I just say, like, I'm so thankful to be like just a part of this conversation. Um, Absolutely. You can't <laughs> say that. Yeah. That is permissible. Honestly, I'm not trying to blow smoke either, but when like when I read that entry, I was like, this is a blessing to even be involved with something like this because this is important. Mm-hmm. I, I'm pretty sure only like 14 people in the on the planet Earth like follow the content and stuff we put out, but whether that changes someday or not, like this is important, man. And Thanks, it, man. yeah, it's also very edifying to ourselves. Oh yeah, yeah. Dude. Like, yes. I mean, this is kind of hard for our yeah. sake here. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just all, right. all right, we haven't finished the podcast yet. All right, all right. we got to um, get back into it. We're almost done. Okay. All right, Nate. We're coming to the end of our time here. I want to ask you one final thing, though. You wrote a pretty sizable entry. It's a great read, but. For our listeners right now, is there anything that is kind of like a last thought or like a summative thought that you'd like to share with us before we close? Absolutely. I think, you know, if you've read the entry and you've listened to this podcast, I I hope you don't in in any way think that I'm mocking people who think art is political or maybe that a lot of art should be political. Because I think the reason that people often – um, see politics and art as intertwined is because they care deeply about both. And if you're someone who cares deeply about politics and you think politics is important, I, look, I want to commend you and say, like, there are a lot of aspects of politics that are important. And I, I do think that governmental structures are important and managing power is important and the way that we uh, create laws and the way that we kind of help one another function properly in society. Like these are important issues. And so if you're somebody who cares about politics, I just want to say you can keep caring about politics. And I think it's great. Um, however, the, the, the point I want to make is that if, if you really want to, uh, talk about political issues and, and you, you want to help change people's minds in regard to political issues that are important. I, I just want to encourage you that you don't have to see it as um, all art is, is kind of sending political messages in some way. And so you need to make sure that you create art that sends political messages and you need to support art that sends the right political messages and kind of see it as this, this battle of, of politics. Um, I want to encourage you instead to think about art as something that is, is ultimately expressing a worldview. And the reason this is important is when we get across in our art a specific truth about the world, about reality, that actually is much more powerful in changing people's minds and in changing their behavior than in just telling them they're wrong Mm. or telling them they should go do this thing. And so if you really want to change people's minds in regard to politics, which I believe is something that's 
that's actually more on the surface and less fundamental than worldview. I think you actually, what you actually need to focus on is questions of worldview and questions of truth. And um, if you, if you can integrate those things into your art, those fundamental truths about reality, then ultimately you're going to help people um, come around to your point of view on other things in actually a much more powerful way. Mm. It's not going to be a polarizing way. It's mm-hmm. not going to be in a way of bickering. It's not going to be, you know, artwork that, that tells Republicans they're wrong or tells Democrats they're wrong and they should think about it this way. That, that's Art isn't meant for that. Art is not the right vehicle to do that. There are other ways you can do that. But when it comes to art, don't don't turn art into a vehicle for political bickering. We have enough of that on other mediums. Art is not for that. What you want to do with art is... Is, is is express to people what you know about the world. And when you teach people things about the value of life or the value of humanity, um, that's ultimately going to help change people's minds about issues you care about, like abortion or immigration or whatever it might be. Um, and, and you will change people's minds without them even knowing you did it. It's going to be so deeply ingrained um, in their in their life because they're they're not going to see it as a message. They're just going to see it as truth mm-hmm. um, because ultimately you're you're teaching them about about truth. Um, so I, I want you to think about art in that way, and you can keep caring about politics. You you can keep working on political issues, and you can keep creating art. And you just you don't have to see them as being fundamentally intertwined. Mm-hmm. You can see art as being ultimately about about truth and about beauty and about um, showing people the transcendent. And those things are going to help us think better about politics and about all the other things in life. So I think that there is a way to see um, art and politics both as, as good things and things that we can use rightly. Wow. Thanks a lot, Nate. All right, listeners, um, if you made it this far and you still haven't read or listened to the, Nate's entry, No, All Art is Not Political, uh, please go and enjoy that at ForefrontFestival.com slash blog or on this podcast just a few episodes back. Um, we really appreciate you all being with us today. If you enjoy our conversations, please let us know. Um, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter. Um, and also, please rate and subscribe. So thanks again. This is us, the Forefront Core team, signing off. Thanks for listening. See you later. Sign on. Till next time.